Welcome to Unfolding Words, the weekly podcast dedicated to sharing biblical truth that offers life for your walk and life for your soul. I'm Antracia Moorings, and I'd like for you to think of me as your Bible tour guide who takes you to all the cool places that are off the beaten path. Today, we are going to revisit Psalm 23. Last week, we talked about how our provision is God's priority, and I linked the feeding of the 5,000 in the Gospels to Psalms 23, showing how Jesus is our Good Shepherd. Today, I want to take another look at the idea of banqueting and how God spreads a table for us, but how he uses that table as a place of divine strategy. So we're going to be focusing on verse 5 of Psalm 23 that says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And I want to point out two things specifically. First, that the table is a place for spiritual nourishment and fellowship, and also how the table is a strategic tool for battle used by God. So when God says in the Bible that he prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies, have you ever wondered, like me, what exactly is on the table? I've always wondered. And it brought me back to the book of Genesis, Genesis 14, 17, 17 through 20, where Abraham returns from his victory over the coalition of kings who had plundered Sodom and Gomorrah. And he meets Melchizedek in the valley of Shava, which is also called the Kingsdale. It's a place near Salem, which is also known as Jerusalem, where after rescuing his nephew Lot, Abraham met this king of Sodom. Let me read these verses for you very quickly. After his return from the defeat of Ketelamar and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shava, that is, the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of the God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Now, we can see that God prepared a table for Abraham in the valley, which is also referenced in Psalms 23, verse 4, where it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. This table that God spread, that this table, I'm already giving you what I'm going to say, <laughs> means a spread. It, the Hebrew word for table is shulkan, and it means the king's table, which is used for private use or sacred uses. And what God is showing us is that he's preparing a table with bread and wine, which was the food of kings. And the bread and wine that Melchizedek brings are miniature reminders or a precursor of what will be the greatest victory. Jesus's death on the cross. So every time we take the bread and the wine during communion, it reminds us of what Jesus did on the cross for us when he sacrificed himself for our sins. And this is a sign of victory. And this is what's happening when Melchizedek comes out with a victory dinner. So we know that victory banquets are central in biblical battle wins. Banqueting is a big deal to God. And that he serves us as a chef and a host and dines with us 
is an even bigger deal, which is highlighted in Psalm 23. God is known for unconventional means to win battles. We see this all throughout scripture. David and the stones in Goliath's forehead in 1 Samuel 17. We see Gideon defeating the Midianites by blowing trumpets and carrying torches and smashing jars in Judges 7. And the Israelites bring down Jericho by marching around the city walls seven times in Joshua 6. Psalm 23 is an example of a victory dinner in the valley. God can show us something as simple as dining as a military tactic. God shows the enemy that he has already granted success right there in the valley of the shadow of death for his children. God prepares a table in the presence of the enemies. Who is your enemy? The Hebrew word tasar is a root word that means to show hostility towards. God is showing the enemy who you really are and perhaps reminding you of who you really are. The table is a place where identity is redefined. So God spreads this table in the presence of your enemies, showing the enemy who you are and showing you who you are as well. In spite of your enemies, God is showing who he is and who you are. This spread is done in such a way so that others can see that it's all God's doing. The friends of God are made to triumph in the very presence of their foes. I love this fact. Their enemies are compelled to see how God works on their behalf. And God will show you and your enemies how he defends you. So he does this in the presence of. God does this in your enemy's presence and yours as well. God spreads this table in the presence of. In the presence of your enemies. So usually... When we are invited to a banquet, we don't see all the prep work that's done in the kitchen. We come after the food is done, the table linens have been put out, the candles have been lit, and everything is prepared. But here, the picture is that we see God don his apron, so to speak, and show us he is the divine servant king. God is a gourmet chef. He takes his time, and when when everything is ready, He presents the meal. Every great chef knows that the food is only part of the presentation. The other part is how the food is laid out. So when God prepares his invitation-only banquet, he delivers it to you with the best presentation and in front of everyone for the whole world to see. The Hebrew word for presence is neged, and this word means to place conspicuously or set high on display. The table before me can be seen by everyone. God's banquet is not hidden from my enemies. It is deliberately presented so that they cannot miss this sight. It is a testimony to the glory of God. This meal establishes us as a treasured guest, but it also establishes God's role as the chief chef. When the Bible mentions this table, it's not about the kind of table, like what it's made out of, whether it's table or wood. That's not the issue, but it's about the rank of the table. There's a very old tradition that takes place at some prestigious universities like Oxford and Cambridge, where students and fellows of the college eat a fancy dinner together. The fellows and their guests sit at a high table that is literally raised on a platform while other students sit at a large family-style table that's perpendicular to the high table. 
Everyone dresses formally and the fellows wear their academic robes. The finest foods and wines are reserved for the guests at the high table. The high table dining is a recognition of privilege and status. Think of when you go on a cruise. You might be invited to sit at the captain's tables. The same rules apply. The captain's table is not for everyone. Only special invited people sit at the captain's table. And this is the same idea that's presented in Psalms 23. This table that is spread is for distinguished guests of the God Most High. That it says that God prepares a table for me. Commentators teach that there's a break here in this psalm. It starts out with the imagery of sheep, but bringing sheep to a table, that doesn't really work. So although the idea of feeding works, there's a break to show you that these are actually people who are being brought to the table. So I don't remember the source of this, but there is an illustration that says that in ancient warfare times, there was a harsh way of paying the enemy back. After the battle, the winners had a feast. And in order to enjoy the feast, or when they enjoyed the feast, they took their leading captives, the leading men of the opposing army who they had um, conquered, and they bound them to pillars in the banqueting hall and compelled them to look on while they ate. So the ones that were meant to be destroyed are now sitting there feasting and boisterous and happy and eating royally in the presence of their enemies. It's a fact that's a bit confusing to prepare a table and sit down and drink in the presence of the enemy and their princes and their captains chained to the pillars. It's confusing for the enemies and may be confusing for those who have victory. But this is the imagery that we see in Psalms 23. Other verses say, thou anointest my head with oil. The expression indicates abundance. The allusion is to the custom of anointing the head on festival occasions as an indication of prosperity and rejoicing. Bible commentator Frank Gabaline wrote this. Here we can think of the Lord's table where the bread and the wine are symbols of his love. As we worship at that table, we remember him, the good shepherd, who laid down his life for the sheep. We show forth the Lord's death till he come. The Lord himself is with us in the assembly, and there are onlookers. Our enemies are also looking on. The table spread, telling forth his conquering love, is the table of victory. Now, when we think of this idea of our heads being anointed with oil, in ancient Near East times, perfumed oil was poured on the heads of distinguished guests. Think of the woman who anointed Jesus. This woman in the gospel who poured the box of ointment on the head of our Lord, Lord, she only acted according to the custom of her own time, and she honored the distinguished guest when the host of that banquet didn't. That says a lot about her. So what we need to do is we need to stay at the table, no matter how dark it is, no matter how deep the valley. God is the master chef, he's the host, and he's the dinner acquaintance who is spreading a victory banquet for you in the valley. He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Let's not forget that. And this is a battle strategy to confound the enemy and to redefine your identity as a child of God. 
such tender care he takes to not only prepare, but to set us high at the table and for everyone else to see who thought they were going to bring us down. When God prepares a table, he pulls out the best and he does not ask you to help in the preparation because he knows that you may be bound, confined and constrained either by an enemy without or within. You can help and no good host would even want you to. He graciously invites you to watch him work, making a meal that's fit for a king. And when it's ready, he invites you to sit and eat with him to display his liberating power right where it matters most in the presence of those enemies who may have wanted to swallow you up. So when you read Psalms 30, 23, I pray that you remember that this is a very personal psalm of a king who wants to celebrate his children and encourage them while they're in the valley. I so appreciate you joining me today as we dive into the word to find out truths that can encourage us. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I hope that you tell a friend and share on social media using the hashtag unfolding words. Until next week, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.